And welcome to episode 152 of Nobody Special. In this episode, we talk about Ravi Zacharias and Christ being exalted and us decreasing ourselves. The Gospel Post presents Nobody Special. Hey everyone, welcome to Nobody Special, to Nobody's Talking About the Somebody Who Matters. I'm Danny, the host and 90s Christian music specialist of Nobody Special. And I'm Caleb, you're the host of Nobody Special. This is a podcast where two generations of people are looking to find God in pop culture, politics, and everything in between, all while not taking any of it too seriously. Caleb, do you know the 90s Christian music artist Carmen? No. You've never heard of Carmen? No. Okay. So Carmen, he was actually a big name. I think it was in the 90s. He was a... Carmen. um, He did a lot of Christian songs and a fair amount of things that were later turned into quasi-artistic dances on mission trips to communicate the gospel. Mm. Um, But he he just passed uh, a couple days ago, actually. Really? Yeah. Gosh, this is really hard that you don't know who he is he um does anybody know who he is yes a lot of people know who he is he was i mean prior to like newsboys audio adrenaline all them he was a a big name in christian um in the christian music industry Mm -hmm. um and a fair amount of people they have a great great amount of of honor towards him and just everything that he's done um including his kind of the catchiest thing that he's done in my opinion is mission 316 it was the 90s. The 90s were a different time. Mission 316, baby. God so loved the world. Listen, like you're not far off from what it, that was, actually. Uh, but, um, yeah, so so there's a passing of a contemporary Christian music artist. And, uh, gosh, it's kind of um, it's kind of sad a bit. Mm-hmm. Now, now I know a ton of people that have a fair amount of positive feelings towards Carmen. I uh, didn't care for his music. You just said that you liked one, though. I said it was catchy. Uh, so here, here's what happened. As a kid, mom and dad took my brother and I to a Christian concert with Carmen. Right. And on stage... In one of the songs, because he's talking about a battle between Jesus and the devil. I'm just imagining like the devil went down in Georgia, except like with Jesus. Well, at some point, demons appeared on the stage. Wow! Not real demons, but uh, yeah, like was... like needed some clarification. Paid actors in demon costumes, just like doing that kind of stereotypical like prowl, prowl. <sighs> Prowl, evilness, uh, yeah, yeah. And I was six or seven, and as soon as they came out on stage, I looked at my mom and went, "Yeah, we're going, right? Like, I'm not staying here for the." I was so terrified of this. What type of demon costumes was it? Like red horns? It. They had bigger heads than normal. Bigger heads than normal. Yeah. They they were like, um, gosh, I the only thing I know how to describe it is a movie you haven't seen. Uh, do you know Ernest Scared Stupid? Uh, no. Okay. Wow, we're really just going on a I know. Google train here. It, kind of a troll type of appearance. A troll. Kind of similar to the trolls from Ernest Scared Stupid. Uh, mm. Sorry, I'm pulling one up. Gosh, those are weird too. But they did have kind of a feel of the trolls from Ernest Scared Stupid. Interesting. Uh, go ahead and put this up on the on on the screen. I guess you're editing this, huh? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh, yeah, they kind of had that feel, but they're just like prowling around trying to find people that they can kill or something like that. And I was just like, nah. It seems like a weird highlight, like this. Uh, you know, for a for a Christian pop show. Well, it, it wasn't like pop. It was kind of dramatic, d- dramatic storytelling to music. I don't right. know, and I can't even I can't even think of the song because I didn't stay around for enough of it to actually make it in my head. But like from that moment on, I was just like, I'm a hard pass on Carmen. I'm sad to see him go, but yeah, I genuinely have never heard of him. And I'm not saying that 
in any bad way. I you genuinely should. have never even heard anyone's name Carmen. You should <laughs> check out his work with the understanding that the 90s were a different time. Yeah, they were. You know, I was basically a 90s kid. Because when I came to TV shows and stuff and some music. I was born in 2000 and I had a bunch of siblings that carried it over, all right? I think it's just that, true. No, you're not a 90s. I'm a 90s kid. I never said I was a 90s kid. I said I'm basically a 90s kid. That's not, not a 90s me kid, being... But I have a lot of 90s in me because of my siblings. Trust me. I'm not, of, I mean, I'm not like saying that's not true. I just think like... Yeah. <sighs> about that but yeah he was in the 90s i don't, I don't need to be stuff. i don't have check any ego about what what decade i was in i'm I a 2000s a 90s kid. kid i grew up on 90s cartoons name a 90s cartoon uh gargoyles teenage mutant ninja turtles uh it's not a cartoon but all the power rangers i loved them see i i had that in my life because it was replaying during the time that i was growing up it's just a fact but you weren't but there But I'm not live. a 90s kid. You weren't I, there I agree. during the spectacle that was the episode of Power Rangers that they put on primetime because they were introducing the new... Z- oh, the... Z- I'm not... I just, the more I talk, the more it's it. just gonna... The new... Uh, 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 they got new robots and they put it on primetime and I was so stoked to watch... Power Rangers on Friday at 8 p.m. But for this the 90s event. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the best one. <clears throat> Absolutely. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Absolutely. No, I'm I'm all all about that. They were fantastic. Oh, wait, no, that's the wrong one. Born by the cone of the martial arts. No, you got it right the first time. Someone else. Huh? You got it right the first Isn't time. Isn't that the same Teenage one, actually? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think it's the same song, Here's actually. in a half shell. Turtle power. Yeah. Okay. We were I talking about Carmen, I'm though. So, there's so, so many sorry. different... Uh, yeah, we just got... Uh, so, anyway, that, that that's kind of a piece of my childhood fears has passed to be with the Lord. And I'm having a lot of mixed emotions about it. Mm. He brought demons on stage. What did you want from me? Like, that was... I was so terrified. Yeah. Hey, you made it out alive. You're here today to tell the story. I am a different man because of that concert. <laughs> So now, Caleb, I know there's been some other changes and things going on that you might be a millionaire. It's just true. It's just true. Dogecoin. Dogecoin. All right. You hear me out. Hear me out. (laughs) Dogecoin. Yeah. When I was in, I think it was like my freshman year of high school. I don't know. I, I was very interested in cryptocurrency and was doing a lot of research. And as a joke, I I bought other. Your age had this odd cryptocurrency phase. Like I as a, I have other cryptocurrency that are real. I think I have like some Litecoin. Uh-huh. I mean, this one is real. Um, but as a joke, I bought Real-er. like five hundred Dogecoin. Uh huh. And like for some reason, recently it's been like on the rise and in the news for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know about it until like you. I don't know where were we. What? Uh, um, a church. Church. Yeah. <laughs> it was out of your church. Uh. And one of your elders actually brought it up. Yeah. Which is strange. I mean, Gary's great. I, I mean, Gary is one of the best people on the planet, in my opinion. Uh, a fantastic elder. So he's great. And the fact that this man knows about Dogecoin was really surprising to me. Yeah. Um, like, it was really like, you know about the dumb thing my generation did. Why, Gary? Why? You're smarter than this. Yeah. So... But I was kind of hesitant to bring it up because you guys were like, oh, Dogecoin. I thought y'all were just joking around. And then I think you were like, yeah, it's, uh, it's like tripled in price or something. No, like Gary that. knew that. Oh, he did? Yeah. Yeah, Gary knew. I had no idea. I don't follow Dogecoin. Yeah. Like, I, this is. And then I remembered, oh, I have Dogecoin. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it wasn't worth a lot when I got it. And it's only, I think it went up like $5 technically. So I think I bought like. 500 Dogecoin for around $25, mm-hmm. and I think it's like $29 now. So as of, um, we'll call it the day of, of taping this, it was at um, kind of $0.05 cents a coin. Now it's at, well, hold on, I got to get more specific. Uh, as of the morning of taping, it's at 
5.1310 cents per coin. Mm-hmm. And now uh, it's at 5.7349 cents what per coin. What did it spike as today? What is the highest point? Six whole cents. So you have 500 of these, which is still like... Wait, what? Um, hey, that's actually better than I thought. Yeah. So why did you buy Dogecoin? I genuinely... Like there, I think that there was literally some like dumb thread about it on like Reddit yeah. or something. Its existence is the dumb yeah, thread. Yeah, it is yeah. like it's a joke. And so I literally, I think, I don't know why I bought it, but I did. Mm-hmm. Anyways, on eBay, I remember specifically. It was when like, did you uh, buy it? Uh, I was. It was like my. I want to say it was. I don't know to be honest. Maybe my like freshman year of high school. Is it I remember like 2016 spending, or what is that? It might not have been 500, but I remember spending like $25 on it. Okay, so if you bought it in 20, 2017, it was worth 0.1956 cents. <laughs> and now crazy. and now it's spiked as high as 8 cents. Wow. Which is like a really good investment if you kind of dropped $1,000 into Dogecoin. Yeah. Whoever did that is like, guys, rich, uh, provided he sold. Even if he sells now, he still made a lot. But that's insane. But this is a cryptocurrency that began as a joke, right? Like, it, it began as a... I'm guessing. Someone created... <laughs> yes. <laughs> to me, this is strange because someone created a form of currency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For a meme, yes, and that to me is very. I Can already you imagine? Don't okay. understand blockchain. I don't. So just imagine one day, like Dogecoin is as big as Bitcoin, and like companies are actually accepting it, and you're like, oh, I'll take. Can I? Can I just uh, buy this with some Dogecoin? Just those, that sentence alone, just makes me really take life Ooh. not seriously anymore. <laughs> Ooh. Wow, purchase <laughs> to such am or whatever, like the meme you would have to, oh, gosh. gosh, I hate that that's a thing. Like that people created a currency based f- on giggles. But I don't know how to get back into my account that I have it on. Which for blockchain is the same as not having the money. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I technically right. like, I, I have like some weird security thing I have to get through and yeah. I deleted it off my old computer. And so I probably, to be honest, I, I I know it's in my name somewhere, but I don't have access to it. <laughs> if I could get in, there's maybe, gonna be but. some weird Dogecoin kind of kind of a fortune that your family fights over. <laughs> you know, like, oh, that your kids are if like, we no, can remember the I want forward the Dogecoin. security yeah. thing. It's in a tontine. And They're the, like just studying my life to like uh-huh. try and find relevant things that I might have. <laughs> it's in a tontine. <laughs> And of Caleb's five children, the last one alive gets the Dogecoin. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, anyway, geez. yeah, that's crazy. Dude, go ahead and find that. And I think at this point you could take me out to appetizers at a cheap restaurant. Yes. If you cashed out mm. on it. So we should definitely do that. Um, yeah. But that it's just it's been interesting. Elon Musk has been kind of pouring in some... Not energy, but like thoughts into Dogecoin and this kind of stuff. So right. it's just very interesting to think about. Like cryptocurrency is strange to me because it's it's not a real currency. It's yeah. not backed by anything. But then a person called me out of that and said like, oh, neither is the dollar. I'm mm-hmm. like, shut up. We were on the gold standard at one point. There's a minimum yeah. of pretending that we still get to do that it might still be the gold standard, even though it's not. Um, and now it's just like... Uh, a money printer go and that's our economic system and we wonder why things are so bad um yeah i mean and that's yeah this is like crazy about it a person decided i'm making a blockchain it's worth money only if all of us pretend really hard together that it's worth money yeah and that's literally that's cryptocurrency right there there you go you figured it out (laughs) i mean like i figured it out but like it doesn't make you happy. I still didn't. <laughs> yeah. I still didn't figure it out. Uh, it still feels the wrong. first Bitcoin transaction was actually in Jacksonville, I believe. Did you know that? No. It was literally a guy. I think, if I remember correctly, it was a place in Jack's Beach, and he ordered like two pizzas, and um, 
asked if he could pay the guy like 14,000 Bitcoin or something like that for like this pizza. Someone is kicking themselves right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, if you're just flippantly spending 14,000 Bitcoin at the time, um, I'm sure that you probably have more. Like if 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 you have like the equivalent what if it of was like a two million dollar pizza, we don't know. <laughs> the most expensive pizza ever bought. It's not gold flakes. It's standard. just gold. The thing is literally just like a Papa John's or something. I don't think it was any pizza place, but maybe not. But yeah, I heard it was injected. That's worse. That's worse if it's like uh, the meat lovers though. So yeah. well, it certainly is a strange time. Um you know, strange banter, all that. Oh, you're you're looking up the first Bitcoin transaction, which means I have to keep monologuing about something that I literally know nothing about. Uh, I do know, though, that uh, the history of Bitcoin actually has a fair amount of, of intrigue to it because there's like millions of dollars in Bitcoin unaccounted towards or that can't be spent. Oh, here it is. Because they the can't 80 million find... Hey, pizza hey, order. They can't Sorry. find the blockchain access code or something. Or, yeah, it's being hidden, so, yeah. Yeah. Mark's eight-year anniversary of the first Bitcoin transaction in which a Florida man paid for two pizzas with the cryptocurrency. The day has become a part of folklore, not because of the transaction, but because more of the price that the man in question paid 10,000 Bitcoins, which today is worth is $80 million for two pizzas at Papa John's Pizza. That's freaking... Great. That's terrible. <laughs> That's Sometimes awful. I just know that God is sovereign and that that was just a joke. That was just his joke on telling us how you know. worthless and crazy all of money is. <laughs> you know that guy can't ever go to Papa John's again. Like, there's no way. Oh, my gosh. I wonder where he is today. Like, I wonder what he's doing. He's in his two-bedroom apartment Never eating Papa John's again because he sold all of his Bitcoin, you know, for extra pepperoni. He's he's never you know he's never gone to Papa John's again. As soon as it spiked, he went. That's all right. Uh, okay, it's <laughs> I'm fine. fine. It's fine. <laughs> so, uh, well, Caleb, um, on a typical episode of Nobody Special, if the banter tends to be our longer section, it's because we super don't want to talk about the other thing. Amen. And there isn't a real good uh, segue? segue. Come on, you can think of a segue. Not for this, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Not sure what I would do. So, Ravi Zacharias, who is a famous um, preacher, uh, he has his own ministry organization. Um, he, back in 2020, right, some, it was around then, I think, uh, he had a bunch of sexual allegations come out towards him, which is already unfortunate. And, you know, it's, it's hard because it's a, he's a beloved person by a lot of us mm -hmm. who we have learned a lot from, mm -hmm. but it turns out after his death recently, um, they have been confirmed and mm -hmm. investigated to be true right. and there's a lot and this goes back also to the 2017 allegations that came out against him of impropriety between a married couple and that type of thing uh, textual exchanges including pictures images other types of things on top of that there was the 2012 2015 I think 2015 2016 scandal of um, uh, claiming the credentials that the daddy had are incorrect um he claimed to have a a doctoral degree given out of an institution and because of his standing and the fact that it was an honorary degree uh not a lot of people checked into it after checking into it it turns out he never had that either so there there's this pattern of lying and falsifying pattern of, of sorry lying and falsifying behaviors travel right. uh purposes all kinds of things in order to promote just uh, to be honest just himself and uh, this is is very problematic because to a fair amount of people he was very influential to their faith mm -hmm. i i i know the uh radio stations in town at a minimum they were um also they 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 care or 
or the parts of them that were a moment of apologetics by Dr. Arabi, that kind of thing. And, and he's put out books. He's put out a ton of books actually on, on the topic of theology of, of gospel of faith and all that, that have impacted a fair amount of people. Right. And now at this point, all of us are just kind of standing and going, what happened? How do I handle this? And where do we go from here? Right. Um, you know, this kind of stuff does occur uh, from time to time in the Christian world. And this one, this, I don't know why, but this one hurts more. I think it, it hurts more, at least from my perspective, because, because he's dead now Mm -hmm. and he never confessed it. And I think like that, is what really makes it like a, I mean, a lot of people don't really ever confess it until it comes out, but like he just never had that chance. And the fact that these allegations had already come out and he didn't confess, like there's just Mm -hmm. like that to me is just kind of like eerie in the sense that Mm -hmm. this person that a lot of us trust and have learned from, and I, and I don't really discount, uh, like the spirit still moving through him. All right. Like I, th- I still mm-hmm. think that that's a thing Um, that even though he might have been, or he was not might have, um, he was in acting in sin. I still think that like God can choose to speak through whoever. And, sure. and like, that's what's just difficult about it is that like, I feel like it makes us start to question um, like, things like that you know Mm -hmm. like whether god can speak through someone who's actively committing sin Mm -hmm. and not just like any sin but sin that has a lot of like earthly consequences to it Mm -hmm. and is very deep and painful wounds for a lot of people out there nowadays you know right i mean every every time this stuff comes up though the question i find myself asking is okay What occurred that it got to this point? I mean, to do the things that he did at a point, there must have been people trying to cover it up, trying to 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 skirt the issue, trying to do all these things to just keep this person protected instead of the actual gospel presentation and gospel message. Now, the 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 the. Is this a case of the board did know about it, the board didn't know about it, and at what point did this become a more about trying to protect the individual mm-hmm. instead of trying to proclaim the gospel? Right. I mean, the uh, the things that the, the, the man is accused of doing aren't things that a person wakes up and just does one day. It's a thing they grow into. You know, kind of the same on all of us and all of our mm-hmm. own struggles. It's not a thing that all of us just... I kind of get up and go, I'm going to use all the cussing I can today. And in this moment, and then you just say every terrible thing that you can think of, you, you kind of dip a toe in and get a little bit further and then dip a foot in, get a little bit further. And then the next thing that, you know, it's gone away beyond anything that you ever thought it could have been. But in this case though, there are people that are, that, needed to have been in place to hold him accountable, to not just give the appearance of accountability, but actual accountability. And even as a couple of people spoke up, instead of, of being willing to hold a person accountable, you know, boards, other, other people, they chose to punish the person trying to hold him accountable. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, you know, that's one of the more problematic yep. parts of this is the, is the cover up. Yeah, I think that, right, like, that's what's so crazy about it, is that, yeah, it's not only unconfessed, but it's, Mm -hmm. it is intentionally being covered up, because, yeah, like you said, you said Mm -hmm. it perfectly, they've lost sight of the gospel. Right. And it is no longer the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And when that happens, when you ultimately take your eyes off God, Mm -hmm. and it's a scary thing that he's able, I think, to, to fake because he is very knowledgeable as mm-hmm. well. And I, and I don't doubt that he'd still believe the gospel and believe stuff like that, but you can still like, I do it every day, you know, like I can still take my eyes off Jesus and be a believer, you know, like 
And I think that, I don't know, it's just, it's heavy because yeah, like you, trying to cover up something is just like a whole nother degree yeah. of, of just not, not even like trying to not even acknowledge your sin and not act like it's an important thing. Right. And putting him, like you were saying, putting him as this pivotal sure. thing instead of Jesus. Sure. And as more and more of these things have come out, people have started to rethink the model of the pastor who is an influencer, who is kind of a a top tier celebrity kind of thing just because of the power dynamic and structure that it puts in place just by the nature of its being um, people have started to think through is this even a good or biblical a model I mean in mm-hmm. um, as I'm thinking through it the answer I get to is no the yeah. answer isn't it that that a I mean, a pastor specific, and I've been open, I am uh, more critical of, of pastors because of my role as a pastor. Um, I do tend to be more critical of pastors because they know the thing they signed up for, and I think they are to be held to a higher standard, which is weird, uh, but but absolutely. Um, just because there is a trust that's being put there in that person and then to to create this kind of a world or ministry that is about the individual right that it is it is it is about the person instead of about the gospel that's the problematic part and i think the difficult part is it's easy to spot in both directions i'm actually a not anti mega church um there are, are are parts of it i might quasi disagree on but even that i'm not even anti them just more challenging in the fact i disagree with everything uh (laughs) including myself but um it does tend to be a place that attracts a specific type of person that is more prone to go into this temptation right if that makes sense yeah so i'm not trying to claim all mega church pastors are megalomaniacs who are uh just getting their own power um, but that to me, if I'm a mega church pastor, I put things in place in order to be positive. I don't turn into a megalomaniac who is just trying to pursue my own power. Yeah. And I think that part of that, um, is elders. I think that's mm-hmm. a big biblical thing. And I think that's just another problem mm-hmm. with these organizations that aren't churches mm-hmm. that are centered around on one person is that there is no accountability. It's mm-hmm. weird. You're like trying, I mean... It's like you don't even have, I don't even know how to explain it. Like it's, it, well, you don't well, have accountability have, and you're, you have a greater like reach towards a lot of people in, in a sense. Well, I mean, so they have boards. Boards are intended to, in a functional aspect, be the elders of the parachurch ministry, essentially. Um, and there's also mm-hmm. some problems in parachurch. I know we were talking about this beforehand. The role of parachurch is to point people back to the church. They are essentially the special interest groups of the church. They aren't the actual thing themselves, but they point people back to them and take a specific approach to a specific thing. Uh, I have about three days of thoughts on parachurch organizations, so we're going to pass on those for now. Uh, (laughs) Maybe we'll get to them later, but um, that's a whole other beast to unpack. But... um, the board is intended to function in that purpose, but just the same thing as elders, it's possible to stack the board to be just a group of people that just go, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, sir, absolutely, anything you say. Yeah. And this isn't a battle that's won in Ravi's case in 2020. This, it was a battle that needed to have started back in 2000 or or the date that it started that of, of yeah. being willing to put um, a, a group of board members in place that promote the mission of the organization that love the gospel and borderline don't give a rip about Ravi Zacharias, mm-hmm. um, that they're on board and willing to criticize benevolent leader. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that that's, that's part of the problem with like what you're saying is that like 
when an organization is centered around one person, that's mm-hmm. rare that that would be put in place. Right. Because if that person's gone, then mm-hmm. there's no money coming in and right. no one's being paid and the company's gone. Mm-hmm. So like, why would you, why right. would you put board members on there that would have the power or, or be able to contradict them enough to fire them? You know, like, mm-hmm. Because then it's just backwards. It, right. It's, you can't fill it in because it's not necessary anymore. It's just gone. And that's like why a pastor is replaceable because it is a person teaching to a community. You know? Right. And, and that it's not centered around that one person. Right. But this, like, it's, it's a business model. You know, it's, yeah. if you're, if you're well, freaking... Well, actually, a lot of churches function under that model, too. They function under a business uh, model, and that's where a lot of churches get into trouble because there's mm-hmm. just parts of business that are bad ecclesiology and great business. Yeah. It's like, I mean, this is dumb, but it's like Oreo, you know, Oreo company. If Oreo was an entity and it was mm-hmm. a person and, and it got fired and there were no more Oreos... It would no longer be a company. Right. It's as simple as that. And that's why, like, they they want to cover it up. And I think, yeah, like, there's fundamentally just a problem with, what do you call it, parachurches? Uh, yeah, parachurch. I don't, oh, do I, fundamentally a problem. Why are you looking up Oreo? Because they're owned by Nabisco, and I actually think they would be fine if they didn't have Oreo. Granted, that's a big one. Because I was curious. Sorry. But Oreo ahead. specifically. No, why are we debating Oreo? Yeah. We're moving We're on. We're not. It's <laughs> by Nabisco. Um, no, Parachurch, I do think, has a purpose. Uh, the purpose needs to be the a local church, though. I mm-hmm. mean, that's kind of... Even the Gospel Outpost, we are Parachurch, period. Um, yeah. if, if people... The moment I start getting emails of, hey, I appreciate the podcast. I skipped church today, but I... I I tuned into the podcast. I can guarantee you this podcast will be gone the next day. Mm-hmm. If uh, if all of the people tuning in go like, this has been great. I don't even have to go to church anymore. Yep. Deuces. I'll see you later. Peace I'm out. out. <laughs> uh, like, and and I'll call Caleb and be like, hey, do you uh, are you interested in spiking a podcast today? He'll be like, sure, let's go for it. It'll be gone in a heartbeat. I'll delete the episodes. I'll just keep them for me personally and chuckle at them. Right. Um. The point of parachurch is to point people to the a local church in a specialized a mission and manner. Yeah. When it becomes about the individual, though, and this is kind of the problem I have on teaching ministry groups. Um, I want to be careful because I know people who have some, and I actually think they're really good. Um, the problem is it needs to point people back to their local church community because then it's just conflicting right and the question i think that applies to these groups and also to uh to us is what are we willing to give up in order to gain the gospel yeah uh and i think that's the bigger question is am i willing to go and empty my bank account in order that the gospel moves in me yeah, and I think, like, not only that, but when it comes to, like, specifically, like, mm-hmm. parachurch organizations, mm-hmm. like, I think that you have to, A, be centralized on Jesus. Mm-hmm. That, like, that is the most important thing, like you're right. saying, and pointing people to where their community actually is, and that right. is the local church. And then also, because you don't have as much accountability, it's just true, you don't, like, me and Danny could be doing this. And we could have a bunch of sin nature that you guys wouldn't know about, but because of the way it's I mean, modeled, we do. where me and, like, well, I mean, like, not sin nature like, where it's just like, it is rampant, unchecked. Yes, yeah, exactly. not that. Like, but me and, like, you We're have the to harshest put, to each other more than anyone else. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, I know uh-huh. if Danny's doing anything, this thing is tanked. Right. Um, I, and he knows if I'm doing anything, then it's tanked. Right. And because you put, in order things like that right to where you know okay that the gospel is the most important thing Mm -hmm. and also we have security measures that when if something were to happen like that then like the gospel is the most important thing and we don't need to be doing this if we're not focused on jesus right um and i think that part of the reason that 
it doesn't work out a lot of the time is because there is no security measure. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with a bigger place like that. Not mm-hmm. only, that's what's difficult about it. It's not only does Ravi Zacharias have to have the mindset of like, if I'm not focusing on Jesus, mm-hmm. then I'm out. But the whole staff does. Mm-hmm. And that's where it gets hard is because that's their job, their mm-hmm. livelihood. And yeah, you know, even yeah. if you hear about it, you're like, well, actually, I mean, $60,000 salary sounds pretty good. So I'm just going to zip it, you know? Like, I think right. that's a natural response that a lot of people would have. Right. And it's I mean, sad. I've I've been like personally blessed, and I you kind of talked about it a bit that if either of us, you know, this is the thing that both of us talked about at the beginning. If mm-hmm. either of us start getting to this place of engaging in things we know to be against the the glory of God, right. uh, and unchecked and not willing to budge on it at any point, either of us are able to go. Then we're done, and yeah. then it's done. Right. Um, the, and, and that's part of the agreement that's been at the beginning of this. And as far as the other end, the blogging, that kind of stuff, if I go off the uh, uh, rails, I've also been blessed by a pastor that will fire me for the sake of the gospel. Right. Um, and and as conversations come up just in, in, in passing of, of it is better that I be fired, taken out of the job I'm in, made to be nothing not to protect the other people in the church but to protect me mm-hmm. yeah that if i'm in a job and i'm doing things counter to the gospel then i i need to be able to get to the place of nothing in order to grow in the gospel again right and i think that's the 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 more important part of going my job, my income, my podcast, my blog, my anything else isn't worth trading eternity for. Right. And and if I if if I'm coming at on on that perspective, then not even my ego is w- worth trading to gain personal glory today yeah. in exchange that I don't get eternal glory forever. Right. Forever, I mean, like, as far as the math goes, it's just, it's it's not, it's incalculable, uh, the trade-off that people still decide to make. Right. So, and, and I guess the, part, the other part is, is the blatant spiritual abuse of this, of, yeah. of trying to keep people quiet by trying to claim that if anyone says anything then thousands of people are going to be affected in their faith and then praying with the people that he did things to uh, that God gave them this opportunity together. And that to me is just abhorrent yep. because I've, I've kind of come to the conclusion that truth will be found out at some point. Yeah. And it's not a controlling the narrative thing, but a case of Truth will come out. Am I going to be the person that gives it? Or am I going to be the person that it's told to and I have to deal with it? Right. I don't... Yeah. And um, it was Count Zinzendorf that said, Preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. And there's a simplicity to that I kind of enjoy of it's not about you. At all, yeah. And 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 throughout all of this, there's this need to to take us out of the equation in order that God could be glorified. There was a uh, part of scripture in John three that this was actually a problem John the Baptist had been going through. It's mm-hmm. uh, three twenty five through thirty. Do you want to? Yeah, give it a go. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. 
the friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. So this this is one of the funniest things that happens in John. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, <laughs> in the Gospel of John, John the Baptist, from the very beginning, he's like, he's pointing to Christ. Right. And uh, it, there came this point that they're just having a conversation over purification and this kind of stuff. And uh, John's disciples come and say, like, uh, the one who you said was coming, he's baptizing more people than you. Yeah. Should we go make him stop? Like, essentially, like, uh, he's becoming more popular. And John, John the Baptist fires back, like, that's the point, goofus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's why you're not number one around here. Um, Dang, I mean, it, he kind of says that. But, you know, uh, he said, like, that's the point. I'm not the groom. I'm the friend of the groom. Right. You know, this it would be the same thing as if in a wedding, one of the groomsmen stands up and be like, um, we haven't really taken enough time to honor me here for being third string groomsman. Like, yeah, that's that would be insane. He would cease to be a groomsman. Like, hey, bud, it's not your day, you know? Yeah. Uh, but their job is to stand by the groomsmen and elevate the groomsmen. Yeah. Right. So to 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 stand and say this, it should be about us. I actually think John the Baptist has a good point of of Christ must decrease and sorry Christ must increase and I must decrease because uh, my joy is complete in him right and 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 it's such a different mentality to take mm-hmm. as far as our our posture to to the things of the world right I think like I mean I think John the Baptist is genuinely um one of the greatest examples for like the everyday Christian. Mm-hmm. I mean, just any Christian, not everyday Christian. Um, in the sense that like, that is our job. It is not about us. Like mm-hmm. John the Baptist genuinely, he obviously from this, like he just wants to point to Christ mm-hmm. that it's not about him, right. that he is preparing the way for the Lord, that people may know him. Mm-hmm. And that is our job. You know, we are not meant to be the point. We are not meant to be, Oh, what a great preacher. But, Hopefully people are like, oh, like that. I just learned so much more about Christ, you know, like right. that they wouldn't see us at all. And and I think that it's been difficult um, in today's like Christian culture um, because we do elevate the preacher. I mean, that's just that's just what we do. And I think it's natural because it's the person talking in front of us, you know, mm-hmm. and but like I think that it would be a great challenge that like what if you viewed your preacher your pastor as mm-hmm. not this person um that is awesome and great and like perfect mm-hmm. you know but truly like l- listen and learn of what they what mm-hmm. they have to say but know that they're not perfect um and know that they are a sinner just like you right and that just try and find um what god is trying to tell you and what they're saying and that can be the there, hardest thing sometimes to do there's an odd balance between um, you know, honoring the pastor mm-hmm. and 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 deifying the pastor, and and I think too many people try and yeah. deify the pastor. This idea that uh, this is the spokesperson of God, uh, yeah, which is no, not like the, too far. Let's scale it back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but also they aren't just a nobody they they are the person that god has placed to care over us and and are are placed authority by god right and and it's it's a weird balance of understanding both are occurring at the same time that they're not just on par to the uncle that i had a thought um you know that had a thought over eight beers in and that kind of thing but also they aren't um uh King Artaxerxes, who thought he was the incarnation of God himself. Yeah. And I think a pastor that thinks either end of that extreme is as dangerous as the other. Uh, they, they, are in a, they are in authority that this is their, their calling. It's not just their job. It's their calling. Right. Uh, d- please don't tell church boards this. Most of them would do it for free. Um, but, you know, don't, don't muzzle the ox. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. But, like, they, they, it, 
too many of them go to this place of of because it's their job to take the attention and point it to Christ that they don't do that part and they bask in the glory that is intended to go to Christ. But even kind of beyond that, though, I don't think that's just a pastoral thing either. This is a, a problem all of us go through of we need to to decrease in order that Christ increases. Right. I think yep. most people are out to build their own following, build their own you know accounts on Instagram, on TikTok, on all these things. Um, they're they're out to build their own uh, um, uh, uh, a persona, you know the right. idea of um, a social influencer as a job, yeah, is to me ridiculous. Like it's my job to influence people on the internet. That's right. weird, and I'm sorry that is border. Well, it's quasi unscriptural somewhat, um, because it's our glory. Where only Christ needs to be getting glory. Yeah. And I think that it it's hard. I think it's the hardest thing mm-hmm. to do is to exalt Christ over yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about this before many times, but I mean, it's just true. It is. And, and I think that, like, for a lot of us, it's not like these big things that happen that, mm-hmm. like, all eyes are on us, but... I think for me, like a lot of the times it's hard to like it, it's hard to like accept compliments in a way mm-hmm. because there's this weird like social tension of, mm-hmm. um, like thinking, Oh, like for me, I'm just yeah. going to dive into my own personal yeah. thoughts here. But I think for me, like if someone gives me a compliment, mm-hmm. um, I, I want to be like, yeah, that's just Christ in me, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, part of me is like, what if they're just like being nice and it's not an actual compliment? And then, like, mm-hmm. I'm doing, I'm not really doing Christ any favors right. in their mind. Um, and I think part of that is like just dumb and just fear playing in me. Yeah. And part of it is, I mean, it's true. Like, I think a lot of people just do flatter. But I think it'll, it'll teach them. I think hopefully. The, the more we exalt Christ, the more mm-hmm. people won't give us ingenuine compliments. And and this just goes for compliments. This is just a very mm-hmm. subsection of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But, like, for me, that's kind of where my brain goes. I don't know about you. But, like, I want to exalt Christ. But also, so, it's just easier to be like, thanks. So <laughs> for for com- Well, see, I don't think thanks is a bad th- I think thanks, that is the proper answer. Um because mm-hmm. every time I've 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 preached or, or or done things, a person's come up and 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 they said thanks for the message. Now there there are a couple things I need to do uh, in in kind of a mental kind of a context is is first I have to say thank you. They are giving a compliment. Mm-hmm. They aren't claiming. I mean, if they go to the point of. You're better than God himself preaching. All right, then hold up. I'm a... <laughs> we dropping the theological hammer on that. We're like, no, no, yeah. no, no. No, let's go back. And then we're going to have a mini sermon just right there as to why that statement is ridiculous. Right. Um, but uh, to be honest, the thing I'm doing in my head is I'm tearing apart every single thing I have said to determine if it was good or not. I'm in my own head. And if I... If I stop and they go, thank you so much, I can't stare at them and go, well, I thought the third point didn't have the kind of movement I was going towards and all that. Right. But I also can't go, no, it's not me, it's God, because then it's it's almost condemning them that they're giving gratitude. The thing I do is mm-hmm. the, the, the broader body of work of, of the person I am is pointing to Christ. Right. And if I can't do that, if that isn't clear through my actions, through all these things, and I'm I'm taking it as when they are giving gratitude to the message, that that isn't mine, but I do need to say thank you. Yeah, no, I don't um, I don't think that you I'm, shouldn't say thank you. Oh, that just took me a super long time to get to because <laughs> yeah. I had a couple of times like, yeah, it was okay. And someone pulled me aside and said, you just say thank you. 
Yeah. Oh, they were impacted by it. And it's not anything that your dumb sermon did. It's yep. it's like, just say thank you. They're saying a gra- a gracious thing, be able to take a compliment. Um, right. While also giving that straight to the Lord. Right. Yeah. I think like thanks is a is a great response like thank you and don't like don't mm-hmm. say thank you in a way that makes mm-hmm. it seem like it's all you you know right. like i think yeah like thank you and i'm glad mm-hmm. that like uh god used me to speak to you mm-hmm. you know like right something like that you know and right where it's not and, and i don't think it's necessary every time right and i think the i say the same thing every time so i don't say the dumb thing yeah same like, and I hate saying this publicly because, like, now if people, people who uh, listen to this yeah. thing be like, "Are you doing the thing?" I'm like, "I am absolutely doing the thing." I thought I made that very clear. Like, oh, thank you, thank you, I, thank you, I appreciate hearing that. Thank you, because, like, in my head, I'm like the the movement. <laughs> my th- my third point didn't connect to the second point as well as I was hoping it would. Yeah, <laughs> but I think more so than just like compliments. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's like I was saying earlier. It's just right. like a small section, but. Like, what are you doing in your life to, to, like, point to Christ? And I think for a lot of us, it's, like, our social media, which is just so difficult, again, because it's just based mm-hmm. around you. Like, it just right. is. Um, but, like, I think a huge challenge, and this is, I don't even know. That's part of, of, like, why I'm asking this question and also challenging others. Like, what can you be doing in your life to exalt Christ more? And to, to make, not, not just exalt Christ more than yourself, but to make yourself disappear more as well. Um, and I think it's a tough thing that like in today's culture is just so, it's very countercultural, you know? I don't think it's necessarily speaking of disappearing though. I think the, the image of me disappears when the face of God works through me. That mm-hmm. when they watch me do things, they are beholding Christ doing things. Not that I am it's a Christ, shift of but Christ focus. in me. Yeah, um, it's it's that the image of me decreases in order that the glory of God could come through me. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the thing they're even bringing up in John. Is it's not that the teaching of John the Baptist is bad. It's that if they can't notice Christ in the message of John the Baptist, then John the Baptist isn't doing it. Right. right. If if people are talking to him and they don't gain an encounter with Jesus Christ, then they haven't communicated what it is they're trying to do. And especially for social media, my standards on this have been, for the past three years, very low in that mm. just post food again. And that would be a step up from the yep. dumpster fire of what we're doing out there. Yeah. Can we... Can, Please stop posting the pictures of God hugging Donald Trump w- with the Constitution. <sighs> no. It's tacky and gross. I didn't even know it was a thing. This eh? other, there's so many weird things. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's great. We have to... Uh, because then it becomes about Donald Trump instead of about Jesus Christ. And if I get to... If, <sighs> if, and this is not how heaven operates... If I get to like the pearly gates and there's two doors and one's the Donald Trump door and the other is the Jesus Christ door, I need to tell you it's not a choice. Like it's not it's just not. I'm the Donald the Trump Jesus door is Christ just one door. that you see in the corner of your eye while you're walking in the Jesus door. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> like I, I don't even notice it. It's like but it's huge. I'm like, <laughs> it's not though, you know. Yeah, that's just a freaking that's a whole other thing that gets under my skin. Freaking it's, tying Jesus to political I mean, and it's something that is freaking... It's a bipartisan it is, problem. It is, but it's been a problem since the beginning of the freaking earth. Like, literally, I mean, in the Gone Gospels, they think the Messiah is going to be this military leader uh-huh. that's going to take over the Romans physically. A Palm Sunday is... Yeah. I, I don't know why we celebrate it in churches. I don't. Can we t- are we going to talk about this closer to Palm Sunday, or am I just getting into it now? Palm Sunday, the palm branches were a political statement because they thought Jesus was coming in to be like, Rome, get out of my city. I'm the real king. Which, mm-hmm. like, there was only 12 of them. What were they going to do? None of them were armed. You yeah. Know? He's going to take on Rome. Like, what? I don't know what the expectation is, but by putting the palm branches down, they're saying, like, 
but this is our real king. He's going to march up there and be like, this is my town. And then what? And then what? Yeah. I don't know why we celebrate Palm Sunday. but the, I yeah, never even knew what Palm a- Sunday was for. Yeah. To be honest, I'm just going to, like, to this day, I still have no idea. That is, like, the, no, the most it's been know. explained to me. That's, yeah, it's a political statement. Wow. It's the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, followed yeah. immediately by a massive turning on him when he didn't do the thing they wanted. Yeah. Oopsies. But, yeah, I mean, like, going back to this, I think, like, the natural point of this, and tying it back to Ravi Zacharias, is when you take your eyes off Jesus... And when he is not exalted in your life, you're not exalting him. Things are just, it's not the way it should be. I mean, I think that that is just the only way to put it. That like, we need to be, have an effort of putting Christ forth and, and keeping our focus on him in order that our sin will be continued to be cut off and that more will get to know Christ. Right. And and it's right. not easy at all. But it 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 is better if at the end of a person's uh, life that they be talking about the glory of Jesus Christ instead of all the nice things Danny Burton did. Mm-hmm. Granted, they won't be talking about that anyway, but that's a different problem altogether. <laughs> <laughs> all the nice thing Danny did. Um, right. It 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 is better that they be praising Christ and praising Him instead of praising my name because my name doesn't get people into heaven yeah but by the name and the blood of jesus christ people are ushered into eternity and if i start to think i've done anything to earn that glory then i've created an idol out of myself yeah and idols will be smashed one way or another yeah God, that's like my theme of the a years. Idols must be smashed. Yep. So in one way or another, idols must be smashed. Yeah. Oof. I mean, that's what I'm genuinely like been praying for in myself and just others is that we would just that we would have a genuine shift of our eyes are just on Jesus, mm-hmm. and that everything else would lose its value, and and that we would smash our idols. And that it would just be Jesus in the end. And I think that, like, I just hope that that will be true for myself one day Uh and true for others that, like, that we can genuinely focus on the beauty of Jesus Christ and just, like, long for his presence in our lives and in others' lives. Yeah. Well, this topic, I'm sure has a lot of people in a lot of different ways and are still processing all of this um, to anyone that's ever been hurt by any kind of abuse, spiritual abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, any of it, please know that there is still a God that, that cares about mm-hmm. you despite the mess of all the stuff. God is still a glorious God. Right. And even when we don't understand, we know that God is still good. Right. Um, which man some days it's easier to believe than others but the better part is god takes broken things and dead things and brings them back to wholeness and right. brings back to life and any pain that all of us have endured is temporary because one day we will be in eternity with jesus christ um so i understand that this has been a difficult topic even uh uh, going through through the documents to prep this, Caleb and I stopped uh, reading because we just couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that one day I'll be standing in the arms of the Father, yeah. and this won't matter, mm-hmm. which is a weird thing to think about. But um, in the meantime... What are the challenging parts to a you of being able to decrease in order that God may increase? Do tell us. There's a few different places that people are able to tell us their thoughts. Caleb, what are they? You can go to thegospeloutpost.com slash nobody special where there's a form where you can ask us questions. Um, tell us your thoughts or say hello, whatever you want. And also you can find us at uh, Nobody Special Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And you can do the same there. You, you can DM us or comment. We'll see it. Um, and also on YouTube, you can find us if you want to watch 
our faces. And if you want to uh, comment there, Only that's another way to contact us. Mm-hmm. So we, we love hearing from you guys. We love hearing what God is doing in your life. Um, and yeah, so just what ways can you exalt him in your life? We'd Absolutely. love to hear. Absolutely. Well, Caleb, I think that is going to do it for us today. So I'm Danny. I'm Caleb. And we are Nobody Special. Special.